0: Live without you. I really want you, Eleanor dear me.
1: Hey. Your looks and toxic hate me. Alright, alright. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome.
0: Folks hate me. There's no one like you, Eleanor really.
1: It's Tuesday. Tuesday, the eighth day of the eighth month. August 8th, 2023. I'm happy to be here with you tonight, as I am uh, on every night, I really am. I'm happy to be here. Get a whole day's worth of work out onto the table, execute the plan, and see how well it turns out. Um, wherever you're watching right now, please be a part of the syndication crew. And take the link and share it out there, whether it's live or on demand. It is really, really a great help. And I have tweeted and gabbed and telegrammed all of the pertinent information about tonight's stream out to the public on all the official, quite frankly, uh, socials. So get on that. Help me out. We're only going to be on for a short while tonight. About the first hour, maybe a little bit more. At which time the band will have arrived and we will be... uh, We'll be into the middle of um, some rehearsals and hopefully some planning for where where we're going next. Especially the elusive live stream that I wanted to do. We had a couple of on on the on the books over the last quarter and a half, maybe two quarters, and uh, it keeps getting away from us because people go away, people get sick. Anyway. Band and I getting together tonight. Tomorrow night is another good show. Thursday, good. Friday, great. We have so much stuff coming our way, and I have to pick a Saturday night. Man, I got to get Timothy Alberino on here sometime soon, too, because he's the guy that, that I want to talk to first and foremost when somebody reports that there are battles being waged against aliens in Peruvian villages. So, uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get into that just a little bit tonight. Because I'm going to play some stuff from Timothy Alberino as soon as this sh- as soon as this show ends on Quite Frankly TV to kind of pick up where we left off, uh, pick up where the show ends early. It really interesting stuff there, and um, and who knows, who knows where we go from there. But anyway, welcome to uh, Quite Frankly. It's the pre-show. It's the pre-show, and what we have going on. It's headlines and it is calls and. Random letters from the audience. I hope we have time for those because as I'm looking at these headlines here if I open up the lines at all There's gonna be nothing. That's fine. I guess I can always just push the letters off to another night Because they're all they all pertain to past shows So they're not that time-sensitive and people know exactly what they what these uh, audience members are referring to in their letters um, Some of them are spooky some of them are about the tax avoidance conversations we've been having and more. Tomorrow night we got Mike Williams coming on from Sage of Quay. We're going to be talking about the conspiracy surrounding the Beatles and might be able to branch out beyond that as well. King Randall will be on with us on August 10th for a little while. Might be able to do a lot in the second half. No, 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 no. Yes. No. Yes. August 10th is a Thursday. So the second half of that show, we might be able to branch off and do something else. A second topic. Um, Maybe that's when Timothy Alberino comes on. Because on Friday the 11th, Matt and Tony, Tony Black, they're going to be in here. We'll be split in time. Tony will be on the fir- first half. Then it'll just be me and Matt, maybe Anthony in the second half. That'll be fun. Also, I want to put out there that I noticed that today was the 37th anniversary, 37 years since the movie Stand By Me was released. And as you know, it is August which means I really love picking a night in August to do what has now been a long time tradition on this show, that is the deer scene. I cannot believe it is it is back around again, but it is here. And I set up a thread on quitefrankly.tv. You can go check it out right now. I have stuck it to the top of the, um, of the forum. Go to quitefrankly.tv, the forum, and at the top, you'll see the deer scene, 2023. And I've got a excerpt from the short, the novella, The Body, written by Stephen King. We always go through that deer episode. Hold on a second. Let me get rid of that and put it up right there. Good. The most important things in life are hardest to say. It's hard to make strangers care about the good things in life. What does that mean? Well, all I want to know is I want to know about a moment in your life that you are often called back to to reflect on a moment that may seem mundane or ordinary but whose significance would be almost impossible for anyone else to understand. That's the, uh, that's the tradition and we already have one awesome awesome story to build on. One that will take me right back to Friday and every other big concert we've been to that has left us walking out of the venue feeling that buzz of inspiration wanting to get back and make music and make music of your own and play a gig no matter how small it is and just feel that exhilaration of performing there's just so much there so get to the forum put some stuff in there because i think either on monday the 14th or tuesday the 15th we will be doing the deer scene episode so that's next week just letting you know let you know, my friends. Okay, other than that, one big, warm, beautiful shout-out to my wonderful sponsors at BlueMonsterPrep.com, Internet superstore for all of your prepping needs. Man, the only thing that you can't get over there is everything you need to prepare for a volcano, I think. I mean, you would definitely need a gas mask, but the lava, the lava, the the big blast all those those pompeii like blasts of i don't know I, there's a lot of concussive things that go on with the volcano and i don't think that they can help you out there everything else you might have a shot get to bluemonsterprep.com check out all of your energy generator options all of your two way uh, radios food water filtration it all there all laid out second to none when it comes to customer service and they have a special place in their hearts for this audience because they are of this audience. Go check out bluemonsterprep.com. It's on the affiliates page with all of our other great friends on quitefrankly.tv. All right, that's all I got for you. Now into the grab bag we go. First one up, first one up is from The Guardian. This one is gonna capture everybody's attention. Because you know it's true headline racism is at the heart of u.s failure to tackle deadly heat waves experts warn because we know it is only hot in the black neighborhoods and that's the way we (laughs) that's the way we whites like it (laughs) so stupid (laughs) jeff goodell a white do-gooder that nobody likes he probably completely uh has a horrible home life the author of the heat will kill you first found the engine of planetary chaos and travels from Antarctica to California racism is at the heart of the American government's failure to tackle the growing threat of deadly heat waves according to the author of an authoritative new book on the heating planet Jeff Goodell or Goodell sounds sounds more dorky as Goodell, an award-winning climate journalist. What a useless fool. Told the the Guardian that people of color, including millions of migrant workers who are beating the brunt or bearing the brunt of record-breaking temperatures as uh, farmhands, builders and delivery workers are not guaranteed life-saving measures like water and shade breaks because they are considered expendable. Oh. Oh. I get it. You, you see... It's not that, ladies and gentlemen, it's not, it's not that we are hounded relentlessly by a bunch of white billionaires and their bougie, stupid ass friends in media who go out and obsess over stuff like this and beat us over the head and browbeat us and browbeat us. And what is at the end of every browbeating? What's at the end of all of their terribly colored rainbows? What is it, a pot of gold? Yes, for them. They destroy economies, they take our money, They silence us through racism and every other xenophobic. They are terrible, awful people. And like I said, white billionaires, white billionaires. So we're we're hounded relentlessly by them, these people who hate America and want us to live in mud-brick cities with no pizzerias, But but what really drives our resistance to economic death is our disdain for brown people and how expendable they are. I just, most of the people I hate are white, okay? That's just what it is. I I'm, I, I don't, I, why the hell would I ever make a choice on whether or not I'm gonna do something based on race when most of the people, most of the people I don't like are white. I would love if I could if I if I jeez I mean, if I could terrorize all the white people I don't like through climate change I would do it. But it's not real. It's not real in the way they're saying at least. Oh, well it's just so it's just it's just it's just so tiring. But I I wish I can laugh directly in their faces but all we have are these articles and a couple of minutes every night together. Help me Jesus. A girl screamed. As a snake fell out of the sky and lands on her and then they were both attacked by a hawk. Help me Jesus, Is all Peggy Jones could think to say during the snake hawk attack. A snake fell out of the sky and landed on a woman mowing her yard. The bizarre incident didn't stop there. Peggy Jones was then attacked by a hawk. Jones was on her tractor mowing at her home in Silsby near, uh, Beaumont in t- on Tuesday afternoon. She described how suddenly a snake fell on her wrapping around her arm. The snake was squeezed as uh, this is a quote, the snake was squeezing so hard and I was waving my arms in the air. And then this Hawk was swooping down, clawing at my arm over and over again. Peggy ex- well, can you imagine w- witnessing this looking out your window and seeing your, your neighbor? Having this, having this happen? Now she's alive, she's fine. She just kept saying, help me Jesus, help me Jesus. Now this gets a little graphic. Look at this, she was torn up. This is some serious, I mean, look at that arm. It's horrendous. The hawk eventually ripped the snake off of her arm and flew away with it. Jones thinks the hawk came down on her at least four times trying to get the snake. She says, blood was everywhere. Her husband heard the commotion and came running. I was yelling and screaming. He didn't know what I was saying. I thought I was bit by a snake. Damn. I don't even know how I would react. That would be, I mean... Her husband took her to the emergency room where she was treated for cuts from the hawk and bruising from the snake squeezing on her arm. There was no snake bite, but she was monitored for a bite just in case. Jones also discovered how close she really came to being bitten by the snake. I discovered the lens on my glasses was broken and there was snake venom on my glasses i feel like the luckiest person alive to have survived this jones said that people have told her she might be the unluckiest person alive to have a hawk and a snake attack at the same time she says it's the opposite i feel like the luckiest person to have had survived not only that as much as the talons does she have very sharp talons as much as the very sharp talons uh got her arm that Hawk probably saved, played a part in saving her from the venom of the snake. The snake actually having... Unless the hawk dropped the snake in mid-flight and then went down to retrieve it and just happened to drop... If it was a, a hawk dropping the snake on her, then that's unfortunate. But if the snake fell from a tree or something like that in her on her arm and the hawk came out of nowhere yeah maybe it was a little bit too bloody for her liking too bloody of a rescue for her liking but um the hawk may have actually had some sort of a distracting element have added a distracting element to this snake attack what kind of a snake was it obviously venom was at play here but that's where it all ends in case you're wondering in true texas tough style jones has already been back on the tractor yes uh jones had her husband walk beside her on her first ride back just to keep an eye out overhead but she thinks she'll be fine the next time they don't go into what kind of a snake it was it was venomous though there was snake on her glasses Uh, there was was snake venom on the glasses how crazy is that I found a garter snake on my garage roof last year um, when I was cutting down all the ivy it was just hanging out under the ivy that was disgusting disgusting Okay, that was my little my little fact I sent in. Now, this is horrible because a man died in Italy. But, of course, you die. You hear that he dies. He gets crushed to death under falling wheels of cheese. And you say to yourself, oh. I mean, it's not a cliche. It's not that Italian men and women are crushed to death by cheese all the time of course we eat a lot of cheese we can almost eat ourselves to death but this is terrible terrible story out of italy and it's pretty gruesome to be honest an italian man has been crushed to death under thousands of we- thousands we're talking it's not like a-, a wheel of cheese fell off the top shelf and hit him in the head and he went unconscious or something an italian man has been crushed to death under thousands of wheels of parmesan style cheese of course Giacomo Ciapparini, 74 years old, was buried when a shelf broke in his warehouse in the Lombardy region on Sunday. Firefighter uh, Antonio Indusi told AFP the collapse created a domino effect, bringing down thousands of wheels, which weigh about 84 pounds each. Thousands of wheels of cheese. 84 pounds each. It took 12 hours to find Mr. Chiaparini's body, Mr. Ducey says. Some of the wheels reportedly fell about 33 feet, and a local resident told Italian media the collapse sounded like thunder. The economic damage caused uh, a cause has been estimated at, uh, whoa, $6 million pounds, or or 7 million euro, the economic damage has been caused at 7 million euro. And this guy was at the bottom of it. Speaking to the Italian media, a neighbor described Mr. Ciapparini as very supportive and generous. They also said he lost a child decades ago. The warehouse located in Romano di Lombardia, about 50 kilometers east of Milan. Contained a total of 25,000 wheels of Grana Padano, a hard cheese which resembles Parmesan and is popular in Italy. I want to taste some now, even though this is so sad. But, um, there you have it. That happened. Thousand and One Ways to Die. Just terrible. Um, here's another one I wanted to just throw out there. 7 Eleven, we're getting there. I noticed. The, um, that MF is not real lady, the chick from the plane that was freaking out about a month ago, all of a sudden, um, every major publication out there is doxing her. Um, and, 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 and what's worse is they keep saying that it's breaking news that they are, they're identifying. I mean, her name is, her name is Tiffany. If you want to go check out all the articles, of course, they're going to tell you her last name. They're also going to tell you where she works, what her position is. They're also going to show you pictures of her home and how much it's appraised for. I don't understand this level of exposure. I really don't understand it. Now I I would have loved to have interviewed her. I would have loved to seen somebody else interview her and ask all the, the basic questions that we wanted to hear answered. I would have loved somebody to dig up the guy she was pointing at or the thing she was pointing at on the plane. That would have been far, I mean we, how much more do you want? I just don't understand the splaying out of this this woman's private information like this. And uh, we found her. We found, what what did she do? What did she do? Did she plant a bomb on a plane? No, she had a freak out. We've seen many of those over the years. And uh, whereas I would love to see her interviewed i just don't I, I don't understand i don't understand it for it's not breaking i mean we learned if you were paying attention to the story then you'd know that the name that they're pl- floating out there right now that was a couple of days in a couple of days in it's not breaking it's been the information has been out there for a month now but for some reason everything from the times to the post to the blaze i mean everything it's all over the place so um very strange so i hope she's uh hope she's well and hope we can get in touch with her do not answer any questions tiffany just come on quite frankly we are going to we're going to treat you well it'll be a 15 minute interview at the most Anytime I say it's going to be 15 minutes, it'll take an hour because we'll find some of the, something else to talk about. Don't worry. It'll all be fine. That's what we have. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. If you can just please, if you're watching on YouTube and on rumble, please give this episode a thumbs up. I would love to hit that benchmark of a thousand likes and then blow past it because it really wakes things up and it gets us buzzing a little bit. And, uh, and we're growing slowly, but we're growing. And, um, just another reminder, if you want to help the show grow in big ways, please, please make highlights of your favorite moments of the show. Send them to us on Gilded in the Quite Clippy Room. Tag us, either me or Abe or Cody or something like that. Tag us your funny clips, your favorite rants. Let's let's just throw some viral spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Help us go viral. There's, there's little clips in every show that I'm sure if it hits just the right time of day, If it hits just the right amount of eyes, then it'll go somewhere. And all of a sudden, we'll have 100 more people watching than we did the night before. And that's progress. If We're going to carry our own weight. That's how we're going to carry it. So get involved, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe you could be the one that strikes gold for all of us. I'll just be over here, you know, executing the show. We'll talk to you in just a bit. Don't go anywhere.
2: Oh, I steal things all the time. It's just something I do. I stopped carrying a long time ago. You should see how many supplies I've taken from this place. Honestly, I love stealing things. I'm going to get a drink. Do you need any-
1: everybody for being here tonight hey how did you like last night's show with zoso dude i thought that i mean it it just hit the spot for me i loved it that is the kind of talk radio i love just talking and just to be able to unearth so many of those stories and bring you guys and gals in for the ride and that's just it those are the things that we the memories we take around with us forever as opposed to the very um the very temporary struggles and temporary by design that we have in the in the news every day but of course we do our due diligence and pick through the news and we'll still do that a little bit tonight thank you for being here tonight though i wanted to let you know zoso did get in touch with me and he is home he got in touch with me when he was when he landed in salt lake city for his connecting flight to go back home to oregon and then he sent me a picture of he and mrs zoso as she picked him up at the airport so now he's home he already has a cardiologist appointment on the books and hopefully he cleans up and takes care of himself and um and paves the way for another 40 years on earth i can't wait for his 104th birthday episode over here on quite frankly when he he (laughs) rides his motorcycle across the country again to celebrate 104 years of rocking out so just wanted to put that out there i know a lot of people have been asking and wondering Um. Okay, here's one thing I wanted to do. Oh, two other shout-outs real quick. Uh, Number one goes to a an old friend, Susie of the show. She usually, I mean, she was in California, then she lives in Texas, but now she's in Amsterdam, and she uh, contacted the show not too long ago. Said I'm watching. Quite frankly, it's 1:06 a.m. in Amsterdam. Coffee and. Who knows what else she's munching on over there, but she's in Amsterdam drinking coffee and watching, quite frankly. Ain't that nice little touch of home when you're abroad? So um, there's that. And there is also one more. Um, oh, actually, no, hold on. Where do I have that? I might have that later on in the show. All right. Well, let's get into some headlines. Let's get into some headlines first. This is one of the bigger, the bigger pieces of breaking news from today. I saw it on Leading Report. Let's see here. Michigan police find tens of thousands of fake voter registrations, bags of prepaid gift cards. That's all. That's part of the bribery. Remember gift cards, phone cards. We saw the bribery that was going on in in Georgia. Hey, I'm going to vote for so and so because they're going to give us $2,000 of COVID relief. My vote is worth $2,000. Then they got like. I don't know, 40% of that, and like, oh, I feel gypped. Like, you you have no soul. You're so easily bought. It's already, Everything is bribery. And this is this is the whole reason why, ladies and gentlemen, I know we talk about voting rights a lot. We talk about a lot of things. This is the reason why they're, they're actually, in my opinion, if we're going to have any kind of a system like this at all, there needs to be a little bit more stringent restrictions on who votes and not based on what color your skin is but because when it when the the whole object is to make a wholly uneducated more as much as you can of the and people that aren't even citizens everybody you can to go out there and vote just get them registered then it and and, and what are they all voting for they're all voting for paydays they're all voting for to being taken care of things that used to be internally generated within family units, within communities, within churches, all that stuff that's been done away with because they tried to erode the culture at the roots and then invest all of that hope, all of that, all of that into something that's central and ugly and completely incapable of satisfying anybody for long, if at all. So this is what it is. Of course, they're finding prepaid gift cards. Guns with silencers, burner phones, and a Democrat-funded organization with multiple temporary facilities in several states in a massive 2020 voter fraud bust. That's the big news today. That was mostly covered on the Gateway Pundit. Here's a little bit from Kanakoa the Great, who broke it down and then linked to the Gateway Pundit. Breaking a recently released report from Michigan, law enforcement unveils a concerning voter fraud incident involving a group funded by joe biden's 2020 presidential campaign if that was actually a real thing this organization operating in multiple swing states is implicated in i mean i, I say this was the campaign he didn't do any campaigning it was just a criminal operation they're funneling money in through all over the place they had the whole world locked down it can, i mean it was it was nuts this was it this was it This organization operating in multiple swing states is implicated in submitting fraudulent voter registrations during October 2020. Following a raid, Michigan authorities discovered caches up prepaid gift cards, firearms equipped with silencers and disposable burner phones. Throughout the 2020 election period, these Democratic election committees provided more than $4 million to this particular organization. Biden for president, $450,000. Democratic senatorial campaign, $2.1 million. DNC Services Corps, $1 million. Democratic Party of Iowa, $493,100. The investigation was initiated following the uh, observation of a Muskegon Michigan clerk who noticed an individual depositing 8,000 to 10,000 completed voter registration applications at the city office on on October 8th, 2020. The same individual returned multiple times registering an additional 2,500 voters alarmingly many of these registrations displayed identical handwriting with fraudulent addresses and phone numbers additionally signatures did not match those on file with michigan's secretary of state and then kenokoa goes on to thank the gateway pundit for making the police report available to the public and uh, away we go now don't expect any of this to sway your holdout family members at thanksgiving this year ladies and gentlemen that's not going to happen um, you know, because one scoff, one scoff from Leslie Stahl and, um, and all of your Democrat cousins out there will feel you know safe enough to reject this out of hand. And um, that's just it. There should be no no mystery whatsoever as to why voter fraud has been so totally politicized because it, it has become a necessity. The remnants of the operation that all of those materials belong to is a necessary operation necessary operation and the people in the media who show no concern or they divert attention they rationalize it they laugh at it they are the beneficiaries of these grassroots operations it's not grassroots enthusiasm there's no actual support for the candidates it is an operation that at this point still requires the illusion of consent and they know how to manufacture the illusion because they own the projector screen. They own the projector and the screen. They have the televisions. They had at least most of the, the, um, the social media companies locked up until the last two years on Twitter. That's gotten a little bit looser. But this is a necessity. And, um, and, and, and what are they doing? They're indicting Michigan so-called fake electors out there. That's what they're doing. Here, listen, you just just remember, Michigan's Attorney General filed felony charges against 16 Republicans uh who acted as fake electors for then President Donald Trump in 2020, accusing them of submitting their false certificates confirming they were legitimate electors despite Joe Biden's victory in the state. What, did Joe Biden really win in the state? They just they they were able to project it. You know, all, you, you think about this. Uh, In Antrim County is the only place where there's actually any kind of leeway by the courts to be able to process any of the anomalous information there that was coming out on election night or election weeks. Matt DiPerno was a part of that and all that stuff. We start seeing how the processing rates were completely outpacing the, um, the processing of the votes were outpacing the physical limitations of the machines. Still, there was that complete skyrocket shot of voter injections by, by, uh, you know, in favor of Joe Biden. It's all the same shit here. See, now if Democrats did this, if they went and they filed uh, their own electors, thinking that their, their person won over the, the other party's candidate and whatever, and they wanted to show how, how uh, determined they were to say, to assert that they were the real winners and that there's something a uh, amiss here. If Democrats did this in Michigan, maybe the Republicans would vote to have them removed from Congress or removed from office, whatever office they're holding. That's what would happen. Republicans would vote for whoever was filing these, these uh, they were representing themselves as electors they would vote to have them removed from whatever office they were in and then there would be a protest and then the Republicans would allow them to come back in. That's how that would go down. But this like I said before in in this, um, this very canned WWE face off there is only one direction in which we will continue marching And I just wonder what's going to happen now. This is from the Gateway Pundit. We now have proof. We now have proof again. Uh, The Gateway Pundit exclusive. Massive 2020 voter fraud uncovered in Michigan. Police find tens of thousands of fake registrations. Bags of prepaid gift cards. Guns with silencers. Burner phones. And a Democrat funded organization. With multiple temporary facilities in several states. So. I know that this is going to be a not surprising to people in the audience at the same time titillating whenever we get some kind of confirmation and more that we can actually reference to and then there's also going to be the crowd of hey well what's going to happen now probably nothing probably nothing but you can always hope that somebody's going to get fed up out there because this is the end of the line it's the end of the line now, I know that the, the, the clip of Roseanne Barr talking on TimCast about how the um, future elections, I mean, the election's going to get canceled maybe as soon as 2024 is going out there. But we've been talking about this pretty candidly for a long time now. And essentially, essentially this is already a canceled election. I mean, they're trying this right now. When you have the frontrunner, the only candidate that actually regardless of what you think about him that has any kind of any kind of support at the ground level that is fe- they're feverishly trying to put him in jail and end his life not just even his political career end his life if that is somehow done and they're able it's already over it's already over it's not a real election therefore the election has been canceled So we're just waiting for the day where they're just like, we can't keep this up anymore. We need something to actually physically disrupt election day. And it'll be an act of Congress to say we're going to postpone the election for six months. We'll come back after the cleanup of whatever disaster has befallen us or the world. And then at six months, we'll reevaluate and set a new election day. And then there'll be something else to to, uh, you'll see. You'll see. It'll, be an, it'll have to be a bipartisan act of Congress, and the Mitch McConnells of the world will, will go gladly into the negotiating room to make that happen. Because I heard that he already said that an impeachment of Joe Biden would not be a good thing, wouldn't be a good thing for the country. So symbolism and bullshit and blue balls, that's what it is. The United States of blue balls. You can call in on that if you'd like or you can call in on this. We're gonna do this, we're gonna take another. We'll take a really quick break and then we'll uh, come back and see. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a preview of what you're going to see at the end of the show. Around eight o'clock, 8.05, 8.10, whenever we get off tonight, this is going to be the first thing that pops up on quitefrankly.tv, I would suggest you all. Switch over to quitefrankly.tv right now and just watch the show there so that the stream is never interrupted and you just go flowing right into what's next on the network. Um, it's very cozy thing to see what we're building up there and the continuity that's been that's been building too. Alien versus Predator. Cops probe claims that villagers have been terrorized by Predator-style aliens after girl has neck slashed by mystery beast. This is from The Sun. Police in the Amazon jungle are probing bizarre claims a village is being menaced by creatures just like Predator. Locals living in the wild have been reporting seeing a seven-foot-tall armored alien, oh, aliens, plural, with large heads and yellow eyes in Peru. The the, the claims have been made by members of the uh, Ikitu indigenous people in the rural district of uh, Alto Nene, northeast of Lima. And they claim a girl, 15 years old, was attacked by one of the monsters, which slashed her neck. Hunters have reportedly fired on the creatures with their guns, which are said to be immune to human weapons. The beings are also allegedly they can disappear at will. Theories range from the outlandish, such as them being real aliens or creatures from folklore, to the more mundane. It has been suggested that the beings could be drones covered with cloth and masks to scare Drones covered with cloth and masks to scare the locals by illegal miners in Scooby-Doo style scheme. Others have suggested the sightings could be a case of mass hysteria. Police in the Navy are now investigating the claims with the locals calling for a military force to be deployed in the region, which is a 10-hour river ride from Iquitos City. The, the description of the aliens appear to be similar to the armored beast from the Predator franchise. Predators are a species of tribalistic aliens who wear armored suits and carry blades as they hunt humans. But the movie, one of the creatures is ha- in, in the movie, is handily seen off by actor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, I mean, not handily. Not handily. But eventually... The Peruvian locals, however, do not seem to be uh, having as much luck fending off the aliens. Community leaders have said that it is, uh, the strange beings have been menacing them since July 11th. Some villagers describe the aliens as being uh, pelicaras, creatures from folklore that feast on human fat and organs. People took a speedboat and toured the area after the reports of the teenager being attacked. Pictures show the young girl with a bloodied neck, but it is unclear what caused the injuries. And another man is reported to have been wounded in the head by the aliens. Community leader uh, Jairo Avila said that, or Jairo Avila, said that in no uncertain terms, he believes the beings are from outer space. And the villagers have been set up to patrol to try to hunt down the intruders with shotguns. He compared them to looking like the Green Goblin from the Spider-Man franchise who in some versions appear armored with yellow eyes. I shot one of them twice and he wasn't injured. He rose and disappeared. We we're very frightened about what's happening here in our community. He added their shoes are round shaped. They are used in which they use the shoes to float. They float about one meter from the ground and there is a red light on the heel. Their heads are long. They wear a mask. Their eyes are yellowish. They are experts at escaping. We want military support to protect us as well as local region, regional authorities. Now, I wonder, first thing I wonder about is could this possibly be some kind of experimental military robotics technology? Because you know that they've been looking into pretty much robot soldiers for a long time now, cybernetic soldiers for a long time, hovercrafts. Why the hell not? But we have, t- Timothy Alberino has already spent about an hour and a half talking about this with a friend of his on a show that they did just, just recently, and that's going to be playing as soon as this show is over on QuiteFrankly.tv. And then I want to bring him on sometime, because I have seen some really interesting thread, some really interesting threads suggesting what may be in the works, how perhaps the UFO all the UFO and alien talk as of late is a way to prepare people, to prepare people for not just a fake alien invasion, but perhaps a real invasion from biblical heavenly armies that are coming back down, actually coming back down to, 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 to get us on, not on the side, like we, almost as if we should be on the side of the aliens because they're actually angels. But this doesn't sound very angelic to me, so I've got that. I've got a couple other things. I have an email from a who claims to be a lifelong contactee, who says that we are actually coming up on a great rapture on September twenty fifth, two thousand twenty five, and there's some things in that email that I would like to bring up with someone, and tack on to other conversations like this. So maybe I'll just wait until I have Timothy on, and we'll we'll just we'll just do a. A wonderfully enthralling dive into the what if. I love those shows, and this is like it's it's building up to be one of them. All right, let's take a really quick break. One quick break. When we come back, your calls for the last twenty twenty-five minutes or so. You ready? That's nine one four two zero 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 two six nine, my friends. Nine one four two zero 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 two. Six, nine. No need for the hotline tonight because it's just one topic and I guess it's really just anything goes. But there you have it. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
2: Lulu had a baby. She named him Tiny Tim. She put him in the piss butt to teach him how to swim. He swam to the bottom. He swam to the top. Lulu got excited and pulled him by his cocktail. Gingerbread, five cents a glass. If you don't like it, just shove it up your ass. Ask me no more questions, I'll tell you, no more lies. A man got hit with a bag of shit, and that's the reason why. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening
0: to Quite Frankly. They're
2: going to make the swap somewhere in the marina. Just stick close to them.
3: Okay, Joe, keep it up.
2: Oh, it's up and ready. Uh, You just keep it warm. It's warm and ready.
0: Over on the bed, the couch. Come, lie down. Put that other arm up. That hand right by your face there. Eyes to me, keep them on me. I
3: broke my back.
2: What do you mean by that? Your back, back is broken. What? A, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal.
1: alright Nine one four. Two zero 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 two six nine. I'm liking it tonight. Of course, we have a great flow. It's a short show, and I'm. It always happens that way. The, the flow is nice, and I look at the clock, and we have 15 minutes left. But you can call in. Let me know. Have you ever seen an alien in your backyard? Has he ever slashed your neck? I saw a mermaid run through the backyard a couple of weeks ago. All right, into the grab go ba- oh, into the uh, the super chats. We got one that came in. This one's from Katie Sky. It says Casey says the Snake Lady needs to go to Mexico and fulfill her destiny as their one true ruler. What Snake Lady? Well, oh oh, <laughs> Snake Lady, Snake and Hawk. Yes. Well, yeah, there's some there's some stuff going on there. Something going on there that would be something of like that that seems like chinese lore the snake serpent and the hawk or whatever and like something that would that 2000 years from now she would be the the focus of some kind of a cultural cornerstone or you know i don't know all right let's see let's see what else we have here 914 Two zero 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 two six nine. Thank you, Robert Sarns, Tempo four twenty, and Doug Simi. I have letters. We will get to the letters in in the meantime. That's fine by me. Take a listen. Since we're talking about aliens, here's one about alien implants. Says Frank, I'm listening to your Thursday show with Bill Bean. This was right after. A lot of people have still been just discovering the Reverend Bill Bean episode. This is from John. He says, I wanted to give more details in two things that they said. I keep in mind that what I say is based upon my own experiences and not in any books or radio shows. John is a alien abductee. Um, Implants on implants. I have remembered and experienced how mine were implanted into me many times. Uh, Each reality in this universe on a subatomic level contains material and large amounts of space between them. This emptiness, that they say, is there for each reality. The material, like atoms, are spaced differently on each reality. The material itself, atoms, do not exist in the same spot. This is how each reality can exist within each other. Now take an implant and position it in their reality, in that dimension, that dimensional space. As it is floating in that reality, they remove the consciousness of the human being and pull the body into their own reality. A lot of of use of the word reality there. It gets a little bit confusing. But I guess he's talking about quantum quantum, uh, physics here. Both the implant and the human occupying the same space as both human and implant starts to occupy that reality. I'm getting lost. I'm getting lost. The atoms from one reality move to accommodate the body that has just been teleported into it. So I guess you're saying that the... That the implants, the alien implants are almost like anchors and conduits to bounce between two places. I have to get to this in a little bit more, because there's more on the internet and the Antichrist there. Uh, let's take a call over here. Caller on the air. Who's this? Frank, it's Kirk here in South Texas. Kirk, welcome to the show. How's everything going tonight? It's hot it here. What is it? 106 on the port. 106 on the porch it's not nearly that bad over here i think we're in the low 80s but go go right ahead kirk tell us what's on your mind
3: well it was 1996 frank uh i live in a uh a lake kind of a wooded area and uh i was uh it was a sunday I was watching the Dallas Cowboy game and my mother had come in and she said, Kirk, uh, I was over here on the side of the fence and I seen this box. I, I don't know, but I got a scary feeling about it. Come look at it. I said, Oh, well I was into the game. So another hour went by and I finally went out there with her and, uh, She told me, well, it was right here, and now it's gone. So we came back in. Well, back then, I would feed the deer, and uh, they would come across that trail we were on, and they would approach and come into the backyard. So I, I, I put the feed out, and I have a tree that's laying on the ground, and it grows up. So I laid behind that tree, and was gonna watch the deer come in. Well, I saw the first doe coming in and she alerted. She, they, when the, when the deer see something they spit, they, anyway, she was on her haunches on her front spewing. And I'm like, well, she, I don't think she can see me. What is it? And then I saw a little movement right in front of her. And we have what's here called cat claws. It's a weed that has, it looks like a a cat's claw. And they'll grab you and cut you and grab you. Anyway, I saw this figure about four foot tall hung up in the cat claws. And I had a good pair of binoculars. So I, I looked through the binoculars and there was a small guy. I call him a guy in a black suit and when he turned i saw his face it was white as a sheet of paper and fear right then fear come through my body and i'm thinking alien in the
1: backyard So you had a and and when you saw this face, this white face, um, this is white you think because of just the nature of the creature you observed or was it because it was sick? He was
3: a little, he had a human face but it was white as a white sheet of paper. White as flour. And he he had an antenna like he was in a it had to have been some type of Velcro or leather suit because I saw the strapping on the back of his suit lacing. But he was totally covered hands, feet, everything in this black suit and he had about a three foot what I call an antenna horn on the top of his head. And when he turned, and I saw his face, like I say, the fear just shoo, run through me. So my so wait so
1: the, did so did did this did this animal did this creature make eyes with you as you're, you're looking through your binoculars? You said right. Yes. So as you're looking through the binoculars, did it make eyes with you, or did did it know it was well, being observed? Well, it turned and was looking the deer.
3: The deer. I don't know if the deer could see it or smell it because I knew it couldn't see me. The wind was up wind, but I I think it hurt it in the cat claws. And so, then the deer <laughs> huffed and ran off. And that's when he turned my way. No, he didn't see me. So so where did he go my next? house, the corner of my house is about 20 feet away, so... I crawled on my belly and got to the corner of the house. I ran in. My kids are in there, my wife, and I yelled, alien in the backyard. I grabbed my shotgun. I got in the car. My car, it was a 69 Impala back then, and I drove it because it was right at dark, and it was getting dark, and I drove the car back there and to shine. Well, I I couldn't see anything. Nothing was there. Nothing was there. I couldn't see him anything. But it scared me. And uh, the next, well, that night we had a cold front come through and rain and stuff. So I went out there the next morning thinking, well, I'll see if I can find some tracks on him. I couldn't find any tracks. But that evening, or Monday, I went to work and I had to take a guy home. Well, on my way home, we're right at the uh, county borderline. And we saw, uh, well, he said, Kirk, did you see that shooting star? And we both saw it come in. And it came right in over us. I even pulled the car over. I pulled the car over, we got out, and we looked, and we saw a ship, glittering lights right over us. And then, boom, it shot off toward my house. And I said, Did you see that, Waylon? He goes, Yeah, Kirk, I saw that, but let's go. Nobody's ever going to believe us.
1: So, so, well, I took, so Kirk, I, 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 I okay. took him home. Okay, so wait, hold on, Kirk. So because we, uh, like I said, it's a short show tonight. Very, very uh, interesting call. I'd love to ask some more follow-ups, but I think we got ha- we got the gist of, of what's going on here. Right.
3: The you, gist is, no, they came out and rescued that that guy. Is after all these years, I've calculated that that you, box was a no, signal. Didn't you he say it down? He could be some kind of deer people. I
1: did, Well.
3: well. Well, he you, was wanting you to said be The deer. You
1: said he got picked up a couple of days later. The next day. Okay, so then so it was like an ET situation where he's hiding out in the woods and he's waiting for uh, he's waiting for a pickup. Yep. And, and you're saying that you're that just and you you know, as far as based on uh, distance and spatial uh, considerations, this was something that could be no more than four feet tall, had a white as a ghost face, but it was a human face. You say. Yeah. Okay, Kirk. Thank you so much for the call. There you have it. That's a uh anything like that, ladies and gentlemen? Anything like that. You let us know. I want to hear more of those. Nine oh eight, you're on the call, on the line. What's going on? He's
0: waiting for uh Hi, this is Beebsy. Um Hey Beebsy. This is Frank.
1: My... Yes it is. <laughs> Welcome to the show.
0: Uh, okay. When I was about nine years old, mm. um, we were having movie night, you know, like whatever was on movie night on Friday night. And my parents made a big, big pot of popcorn. So I went back in the kitchen to get some more popcorn during intermission. And uh, right outside our window, there is the, uh, garage, the cellar doors, you know, those slanty doors. Mm-hmm. So someone could be about maybe five feet tall. My mother had those curtains where you put half of them in the kitchen. And then just a little ruffle on top yep it was a great big like gray uh looking in the window at me i could only see the eyes and the top of the head it was a great big head i was scared to death i ran how old were you how old were you bbz i was nine it was 1957
1: wow okay
0: and my brother and his friends who were about 13 or 14 then ran out to look in the yard and they didn't see anybody but i it's he was right there i mean i was like a few feet away from
1: there was not there was nothing there was nothing else it could have been you were looking at a non-human face it wasn't a prop
0: looking at this great big black eyed big eyes it no it wasn't a human Definitely was not healing.
1: And you, and you witnessed this thing uh, in some kind of a consciously moving state. Like it, 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 did you did you see any movement of the head? Did you see any blinking of the eyes? Did you see it run away? No,
0: no, I just saw. No, it just looked like he was watching me, and uh, I was scared to death. I was maybe like three. Feet. You know, our kitchen was not is not was not that wide. It was like maybe five feet across and mm. uh, long, and. So I was, like, maybe three feet away from him.
1: Man, Six oh, man. Uh, for, that was
0: scary. I was scared to death. Anyhow, but one other time I saw... Now, I saw something in our backyard. We lived uh, about four miles from um, the entrance to uh, Newark Airport. Mm-hmm. So I, I know what all these... Planes, see, see them coming in and out and everything, and I up until that point, I had never seen any flying saucers. My son thought he saw some triangles. Wait, Beebsy, beebsy
1: did you just say Newark? I had never
0: well, seen. Well, yeah, I lived in Elizabeth area. But, okay, um, so so I this this four you, miles from the entrance.
1: So the the, uh, the the encounter you had with the gray was in New Jersey.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. The local in story. New
0: Jersey. Yeah, and, um, and anyhow, I was out in the back raking leaves. It must have been in the late 70s or early 80s, and I was raking leaves. We had an ash tree, and I had put a ton of leaves out, and I was just admiring the full moon, full moon. And it, it was to the east. It was towards the uh, airport. All of a sudden, as I'm watching the moon, it started vibrating, and it flew across the sky. I swear
1: to God. The moon, you say? Well, what you thought was yeah, the, the moon. The
0: moon, it turned. It was like a flying saucer.
1: See, then, I thought
0: it was the moon, but it must have been it must have been a ship.
1: Isn't that some kind of uh that, that's that's a that's a great cloaking device right there, Mary? Maybe it was actually a moonless night and uh and and these Whatever the hell it was up there was actually posing as the moon. Thank you for the call, Beebsy. It's great to have you on. I, I wish I could. I wish I could do more, but we only have six minutes left. Wow. Where the hell are all these calls on a Saturday night? When I'm asking, give me your alien. And we just had some two two great encounter non-human encounter calls in a row. This is incredible. I love it. Let's do another one. Nine one two. Go ahead. Hey
2: Frank, are you, are you guys um, surprised I got in? Uh, you guys still talking about uh, creatures and all that good nonsense? Yeah,
1: I guess so. Go right ahead. Uh,
2: okay. Uh, yeah, I have a story. When I was younger, um, I guess we we're about six or seven, seven or eight, somewhere in there. And um, a buddy of mine are playing basketball in his on his side yard. He Wait, hold
1: on, hold on, hold on, uh, sir. If you okay. can, if you can, please get a little bit closer. To our, I'm not I'm, on speakerphone, right?
2: I, I, I broke one of the rules.
1: Oh, um, hold on. Thank oh.
2: you. Is that better?
1: oh it's it's infinitely better thank you so much go ahead
2: okay sorry about that um so anyways we uh we were playing basketball on his little side court by his home and uh he lived out kind of in the middle of nowhere there was a lot of space between homes and uh a lot of just wilderness on the other side of the, the highway and uh we were playing basketball and i tossed him the ball and this this Creature something jumped out from behind the woodpile and grabbed him from behind and then disappeared back, I guess, behind the woodpile. It was literally half a second. And he froze, and I was about to just ignore it. I was like, okay, I didn't just see that. And so he dropped the ball, screamed, and ran straight into the house. So I obviously followed him back there. but um, It was weird. You
1: know, he never saw it. So did you, the, as far as um, the last two callers? Like probably three feet, it was probably like three feet tall. Three feet? I mean, this is incredible. Yeah. So you have an intricate, bi- you were talking bipedal creature, something that's walking around on two legs, three feet tall. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah. It, it was almost like, it was so fast. I mean, and it was a long time ago, but it was, it was, it happened so fast. It was just basically like a shadow person. I mean, I, I'm not saying that it was. But the, uh, the fact that he felt something grab him on his shoulders. And, you know, I, I, at that point, I knew I saw what I saw, you know, whatever that was.
1: Yeah, this is uh, um, it's a it's a, it's a, an, an, another call. We got three in a row here. I almost don't want to take another call and jinx it. Thank you for the call there. Um, but that's, wow, three in a row. And what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's the whole notion of time. So as time goes on, you can misremember things. You can ingratiate. You can just, you know, recreate things and get get a little bit more. You can improvise a little bit of what you, what you saw or thought you saw to make better sense of it over the years. But then again, there is anybody who has been involved in something that has either scared the hell out of them, like Kirk, the first caller. Like Beebsy, when you when you come face to face with something that that inspires abject fear or some kind of a momentary trauma, whatever the hell it is, uh, it's also not um, it's not out of the uh, out of the realm of possibility that you remember every detail of the moment because it was so impactful on you at the at that time. So what is it? What is it there's so much um here's a conspiracy theory for you here's a theory from the uh, from uh, 4chan yesterday this was just sent to me uh through gilded by mike from maryland since we you know we have a couple of alien calls this one is about the election this one comes from uh, anonymous insider here could be just a very fun larp but whatever don't ask me how i know this but Permanent Washington, that's just like the bureaucracy. Permanent Washington, this was posted yesterday on 4chan. Permanent can't uh, Washington cannot and will not tolerate a Trump win in 2024 because of his stance on foreign policy. Foreign policy is the only thing permanent Washington cares about. They do not give a damn about anything else. They know Biden is going to lose because the quote economy, stupid, and they know that they have no one else to run. They are trying to dig into his base by increasingly using the DOJ and the FBI to attack Trump publicly, but is not making a dent. If anything, support for Trump is only increasing with each indictment and bad headlines about Trump and his friends. This is why if things do not get any better by March of 2024, they will initiate Plan B. Plan B is more lockdowns. They are thinking of bringing COVID lockdowns back or maybe a climate lockdown. Then they will rig the the same districts they did last time and win by the time Trump can try. For a third time, he will be dead because he is old. Plan C is to suspend the elections and declare martial law. They will orchestrate a major false flag attack on U.S. soil around July 4th of 2024 and will officially start world war three quote unquote they institute a draft declare martial law temporarily suspend elections until they can get rid of trial this is kind of i mean i could have written this to call yourself an insider i I mean it it just it just has to be a larp because i could have written this and it makes sense that it's it's plausible i think we're on this path then it can go back to business as usual with people like DeSantis and Gavin Newsom who play ball on foreign policy. With World War III dominating the headlines, nobody will pay attention when Trump dies of a heart attack. Permanent Washington cannot and will not tolerate such a major shift in foreign policy. Especially when it comes to the stance on war and not fighting one needlessly. So, Okay. There's a uh, there's a theory, something for you to chop up a little bit. Let me get into the the super chats a little bit more. Thank you, Boys Blanc. Thank you, Sean Joe. Witchy Pooh, great show last night with Zoe says Witchy Pooh. And a cookie fight, anybody? Then Sean Joe and Witchy Pooh start fighting with each other. Tell Mark Swan I miss him. Says Witchy. Oh, Mark Swan's in the Gilded right now. He's in the Gilded right now. Um, that's where you can find Mark Swan. They're all playing bingo in there so far so far i don't know doesn't look like people are getting very very far with all of the i don't know i'm looking at this one bingo card whose bingo card is this at's bingo caller challenge card he got an i because a caller is nervous i don't think no who who is nervous tonight an N, because a caller keeps rambling. Who rambled? Well, I mean, I was trying to keep Kirk on, on track because we're limited, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe it was a little bit of a ramble, but it was interesting. Anyway, it doesn't look like anybody's going to This is what else is on his card. Comment on Frank's boobs. That hasn't happened in a while, and I don't have a very uh, nipple-friendly shirt on tonight. Can't see anything. Uh, taking a piss. It's been a long time since called. Somebody called me taking that, and a, I, that's just disgusting. Perineum tanning. That is obscure. If somebody talked about perineum tanning. That'd be. <laughs> then there's Flat Albert. Uh, caller doesn't answer. That's a good one. Caller wants to slap Frank's butt cheeks. I've only had one person. Only one person since that night has even emailed me and left that. Oh, by the way, Frank, I want to slap your butt cheeks. And that was funny. Nobody's called in and said it. Now somebody called in. You can't do it now. Frank hands up to, hangs up too soon. I've been pretty good with that. Not on topic. Old soul caller. does uh, this, Skinwalker Ranch. We may be doing Skinwalker Ranch again sometime soon. I have a guest. that the, A really great guest in the works. Don't worry. I also got Albert Taylor. Dr. Albert Taylor is coming back with us on Halloween night. So I have some OBE... NDE near-death experience out-of-body experience questions still left over from the last time and follow-ups when, uh, when Albert Taylor was on but on Halloween night I want to talk about his ghost stories and the paranormal adventures because he does a lot of that too so that'll be fun and then we'll take your ghost stories as well alright what else do we have Stoop says night's nice tuesday frank once again using a super chat as an excuse to support great independent media just dropping me a little something something thank you sir thank you stoop it's it's because of people like you i'm people like me are able to do what we do thank you ladies and gentlemen and uh aside from all the nightly tips that of course carry messages and things to contribute to shows jokes shout outs all that stuff please consider becoming a sponsor a monthly sponsor you can do that through a number number of um options that you have available to you on quite the sponsor us page or all the links those same links are in the description of this episode troy man says hi frank hello troy i hope you're well thank you so much And on, um, let me make sure we have nothing else over here. That's all. I think that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I have plenty more over here. UFOs and blue. Here, well, here's here's a quick one. This is from Ruben. Ruben says, Frank, in your opening last night, this had to be last week, you mentioned vision and thermal imaging and UFOs. I'm up late most nights and go out to smoke often. I've been taking my thermal monocular, not a cheap one, to watch the skies. Keep in mind, I can tell the difference in birds and bats flying i've been seeing orbs flying and hovering i had one flying by and stop above me for two minutes very terrifying and then he sent me some pictures some pictures from the thermal linked uh from the thermal linked to the computer not sure why they are upside down also driving back from michigan fishing trip to tennessee in franklin kentucky a few exits had blue black lights so those are the uh the purple street lights that I've been seeing popping up all over the place too but this time last year when I was down in Myrtle Beach I saw it on Kings Highway in Myrtle Beach oh I got another another email over here another email over here from Dawn in Ohio about a creature in her bedroom we'll have to do that some of the night because we are out of time tonight I'm glad we got around to all the important stuff. All right. So with that being said, tomorrow, tomorrow's another day. We have a full uh, now. We have a fuller show, be about an hour, and 45 minutes, and still uh, better than the hour. But thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Got a great guest tomorrow night. Going to be jumping into other conspiracies, music. It'll actually be a nice compliment to Monday night's show. We talked a little bit about Laurel Canyon and stuff like that. Of course, the Beatles, that's not Laurel Canyon per se, but uh, it's all related matter. And, um, and I can't wait to do that with you all tomorrow night. In the meantime, you can email me at quitefranklypodcast at gmail or protonmail.com. I urge you all to become monthly sponsors. I'll be there to welcome you with loving arms, open, loving embrace to welcome you all one by one, especially on Subscribestar or through quitefrankly.tv or Patreon or anywhere. I appreciate you all. I really do. And, uh, and yeah, so don't go anywhere because right now on quitefrankly.tv, oh, go to quitefrankly.tv because this stream is going to end and then the network is going to kick in immediately with Timothy Alberino's latest dive into this thing, the story that is building up there in Peru. And I think it's pretty cool. And then the rest of the night will be whatever Abe and Cody set aside for you. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you tomorrow night. Good evening.
3: It's intermission time, folks. Time up. Just kidding. Good night. And always remember,
1: that's Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with Stostube, Troy Man, Katie Skye, and to all of our wonderful friends on Pill.net from Witchy Poo, to Sean Joe to Doug Simmy to Tempo420 and Boys Blanc and Robert Sarnes. Oh, so many wonderful people. All right, that's it. That's all I got for you tonight. Thank you for everything, and good night.
0: A kitty cat.
1: You're a kitty cat?
0: You're hon.
1: Hello. I'm a kitty cat as well. Will you
0: shut up? (coughs) Meow.